Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. And Shalom, this is your host Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must have gift offer the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Turn with me in Genesis, the sixth chapter, okay? We're going to start there. The fifth verse, Genesis 6, 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It was in a mess, wasn't it? Now, let me, let me quickly point this out to you. No more of a mess than we're in today. Okay? What does that mean? Judgment is coming. Okay? As I have screamed for... All these years of ministry, God's about to judge. Isn't it something how all these earthquakes and, and, and volcano eruptions and all this stuff is, uh, is taking place? One gets done, another one happens, doesn't it? What's that all about? Well, as I told you, we're in the beginning of sorrows. That's where we're at in the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew. We're at the very beginning of these sorrows. And it is going to get more sorrowful. And it's going to get to the point where, bless God, you're going to, you know, wonder what, what is going on. So anyway, God said here that, the, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The thoughts of your heart. Did, did anybody ever think that, bless God, that, 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 your, that your heart would think? Every, every, every thought of your heart or of the thoughts of your heart. Well, your heart is continually trying to do something that's very important. It's trying to get you to straighten up and fly right, as we say, okay? Your heart is trying, bless God, to get you to understand there's only one way, and it's God's way. Now, we, we have talked, when, we, when I did some things about the anointing, uh, did some things that, uh, in some other areas, about the fact that when... when the Lord God comes on the inside of you when you receive him as your, as your Savior, okay? Uh, being baptized in the Rehokadish, the Holy Ghost. Uh, bless God, then the Holy Ghost becomes activated to such a degree that you begin to speak in other tongues, and, and he leads us and guides us and all these things that he does, all right? Now, the thing that you need to understand is that the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you, all right, is trying to work out for you everything that's right. Trying to. Now, why can't it get done? Well, the devil come. No, the devil's not got a thing in the world to do with this. You're the biggest, you are the biggest pain in the rump that you've got. I should have you, uh, no, no. No. We won't, we won't do that. We won't go there. But you, but you're your own worst enemy. Because you're, your spirit man, Bless God is receiving, all right, from the Lord God that's on the inside of you, trying to work all this stuff out for you. And what we're doing, and you know, as I said, we, what we often do is, bless God, we ignore what's going on. Remember when you were a kid, 
Some of you in here may still be kind of kids, all right? But remember when, remember when you were a kid and, and, and how in the beginning you do something wrong and you feel so bad about it? Come on, some of you surely did. I did. Okay? But after a while, that went away, didn't it? You know why it went away? It's because at that point your heart was still pure enough that, bless God, it was, it was overwhelming the part of you that wanted to do other than what was right. And so that, and a lot of people said, well, that's a conscience. Well, you can call it whatever you want, but that's your heart. Then after a while, you keep going through it, and what happens? Then, then it's almost like you become numb to that, and it's okay because lightning didn't strike, and I'm still around, and so I must have got away with it. No, you didn't get away with it. But what God wants you to, to, to begin to understand, that his ways are our ways. We're, we're talking this weekend over in another realm, okay? We're, we're, we're talking in the supernatural realm, over here, if you will. And what we want you to do is to begin to become very, very aware, brothers and sisters, that what we're doing this weekend with the heart is the very key for you. When you can get to the way, but, but the problem is you've got to have already, as I said, all this stuff for the last four years that, that I have taught diligently, thank you, that, bless God, you're going to have to understand that if, 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 if those are the things that you need to get first things first, second things second, third things third, down the line. And if you have come through that, then, then now you're at a point in time when, when God is saying, okay, now, now you're going to have to walk them over into the supernatural side, and you're going to begin to teach them, you're going to begin to teach them how important it is not only to listen Okay, but to do in your hearts. And, and, and you can do that. There's many of you in this room can do that. Okay? Now let's go to Exodus 35.5. I've got a lot of one, one, uh, like one scripture. Well, well, we'll get to some that's got more than that and surely after a while. All right. Exodus 35.5. Now, a statement being made here. Exodus 35.5. Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. Now, now, now do you understand? Whosoever is of a willing heart. Who's of a willing heart? What's a willing heart? It's a heart that... You know how the teacher would say, okay, now who wants to volunteer to bless God to erase the blackboard. Boy, everybody's hand goes up. See, that's a willing heart. And, and, that, and that's exactly what he's saying here. Everyone with a willing heart, he said, I want, you to, I want you to bring this stuff. Why was he talking to the people with just the willing hearts? Because it's something that I have said for years and years and years. It, it, you, you, if you want to get people aggravated, start talking about money, their money coming in the plate for the church. Uh, people just get infuriated, and they, and they do. And, and, and they give what? Willingly? No. Begrudgingly they give. Then you've got a whole different thing going on inside here, but, and that's the reason I said you might as well keep the money, okay, because you're not going to get anything back from God. You might as well go down to McDonald's. At least you can have something to eat, all right? Because, you see, without a willing heart, now listen, without a willing heart, Bless God, that what you are about to give means nothing. 
All right? It means nothing. And God can't, God can't do anything, bless God, outside of what's going on in your, in your, in your heart. Now, now, we're not talking about, uh, you know, your mouth. You ought to, we're, again, we're, we're believing at this point that most of you in this room have got your mouths in order. Okay? We're believing that. And, 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 you know, we went through the whole thing about faith and trying to get you to understand you have to quit saying I'm sick. You've got to quit saying this. You've got to quit saying that. And you have to do what? Live by faith and trust in God's holy word. And that's what you have to live in, folks. That the reason that the Pentecostals are all sick, the reason the Charismatics are all sick, is because they never understood the principle of the power of God's holy word. You have to trust the Lord. You have to trust Him. You've got to trust that that word's the truth. And, and if it's not, then you need, you need to do yourself a favor. Let's God find something else to do. Get away from all that stuff. And I don't mean me. I'm, I'm talking about God. Either God's God or He's not God. Either God can produce or God can't produce. Even, even if you... Yeah, well, I don't know. You know what I don't know gets you? Nothing. Do you know what? When you ask God to heal you, and, and all of a sudden the pain comes, and you hold my, my back or whatever it was, you know what you're going to Nothing. You, you have taken a limitless God, and you have bound him in that area of your life. Now, if, you're, you know, if you get smart enough to understand, you can and should repent and go back and do it right, okay? Because doubt is sin, all right? So, uh, he runs this by, and he's, he's looking... He's looking for this. Now, in Exodus 35.10, if you'll get there with me, 35.10, that's not four down. You know, I don't hear your pages rattling. And every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded. Notice what, every wise-hearted among you will come. Why is he saying it? Because if you're smart and you have a willing heart, then you're going to receive something besides just handing, handing me the silver and the gold and the brass. You're going to have something besides that. You're going to have more than that. And see, the, this God that we serve wants us to have everything. I don't, I, I don't know whatever started this whole thing about, uh, that, 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 you know, that people that serve God, uh, people that go to church, ought to be poor, huh? They ought to be sick. They ought to be depressed. I don't, I don't know where that came from. Because, you see, God didn't give us those things. God gave us power. Do you, do you realize until what happened in the garden, all right, with uh, good old Adam and Eve, and we won't get into that, girls, because I'd get to pound on that, and you'd think for sure I don't like the women, okay? That's not the truth. Word's a word. Can't do anything about that. But you, but, but you see, in that time, uh, bless God, they were, they, were, they were going to live forever on this earth. Okay? That's, and let me tell you something. The body, your body is set up to do what? To heal itself until that time. And now, bless God, we're out here knocking around because, wait, I, I don't know whether to punch Adam or slap Eve. It's a thought, anyway. And you girls ought to probably all be wanting to slap Eve for what she did for you, right? That, that curse that, did, that, that the, you gals have carried throughout the generations. But, but the key is beginning to understand 
that you have to stand up. And as I did, you know, last quarterly, it's the whole counsel of God. It is written in the volume of the book. Okay? It's written in the volume. And if we don't get after, get after those places and begin to learn, begin to cause us to do what? Know something that, bless God, is going to give you a leg up in this thing. And I'm going to tell you something. When you start serving God and you can get yourself into this, into this place, because folks, this, this is a different place than you've been. This, again, uh, you know, when I first got saved, I thought I was doing okay because, you know, I never did rob banks, okay? Or, or like, but I thought, well, I don't rob banks, you know, I don't you know, do this, I don't do that, and I'm going, no, I'm doing pretty good. I didn't have the foggiest idea in this world that there was more to it than that. That's how naive I was. That's how unlearned I was. And, and today I stand before you by saying to you, listen, this thing is complicated. If you follow the rules, if bless God, you let, you let the, let the Spirit of God and learn, and it's important to learn that God is constantly guiding you. He's constantly. He said, I will guide you and your foot, feet won't even slip. He said, I'm guiding you. And some of us don't have the foggiest idea that God's guiding us. The only thing we got our, our, our eyes set upon is all the woes. You know, you, you, can, you can spend about ten minutes with anybody in this room, and you can know, or at least I can, know where they're coming from. You can, you, you can, hear, you can hear what, you, because they will tell you. They will tell you where they're coming from. You're going you're gonna to hear them, bless God, say um, uh, good things, bad things, ugly things, and everything between all those things. But you see, that doesn't impress God. What impresses God is what? Being a doer. Of his word. That impressive. Let's go, let's go to another scripture. Let's go to Exodus. Oh, I'm still in Exodus 35. All right, that's nice. Praise be to God. Hey, I must have done a whole bunch of stuff in that. Okay, Exodus 35, 21 and 22. All right. And, and this is neat. And it says, And they came, everyone whose heart, heart stirred him up. Oh, you mean your heart can stir you up? Absolutely. And they came. Everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service, and for, and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted. Now, what does he keep going back to this for? Does he think we're stupid? Well, let's don't go there. Okay. But why does he keep coming back to this willing Heartedness. Well, what's this about? It's a key. Because you, you, you see, you have to be willing in here. For, for, you have to be willing. Now, let's try this one because you can relate to this. Now, here's a person, your next-door neighbor, a friend, somebody in, in a family. But here, you see them coming. Here they come up the sidewalk. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Going to have to put up with this again. You know what they did? Yeah, oh boy. They, the doorbell rings. Oh, how are you? Let me give you a hug. Huh? Who's right? The first one or the second one? The first one. That's, that's, that's your heart. That's your heart. Well, I wish I'd never showed up. I've had about all this I want to put up with. 
But the door, you go to the door, and then you start saying, oh, how much I love you. Now, folks, I'm hitting some of you right between the eyes, and every once in a while if you say, oh, me, or oh, my, it's okay. All right? The fact is that, bless God, that God wants us to understand. It's like I said, you, this type of material, you, uh, you won't find it down at the local bookstore on, on the table somewhere. You won't find it because, folks, this is, these are depths. These are, bless God, this is going past the thing of salvation, which is everything. It's going past the very uh, first rudiments of God's holy word. This thing has taken us, bless God, uh, to the very depths in which the Lord God has, has done. Now, listen, he says, again, 22, And they came both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings, uh, and bless God, and rings, and, and, and tables of all jewels of gold, and every man that offered an offering, uh, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. Now, 29, jump there with me. The children of Israel, 35, brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring all, for all matter of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. Now, again, he goes back to it. But here's what's neat about what he's saying now. He's saying the children of Israel uh, brought a willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring all for all matter of work. Whose heart? Whose heart? Now listen. Whose heart made them willing? You mean your heart can make you? Oh, yeah. Now let me tell you something. There's not a thing in the world that this preacher or any of you sitting here, or anybody in the world can do about somebody else's heart. Now, God can, obviously. He, he uh, bless God, he purposed the heart of, of uh, bless God, of, of Pharaoh, and God can do whatever he wants to do. He's God. He created He can deal with it, all right? But you see, you, you can't do anything. Uh, I can't do anything about your heart. You can't do anything about my heart. So there has to be some means, some mechanism, bless God, to be able to bring us to a place that we can agree, a place that we do. Now, who polices that? God does. See, he's looking, he's looking here. He's not, he's not, bless God, you know, it's a, it's a, the purposes and the intents of the heart, which we're, we're going to get to that in a few minutes, I think, this evening. But that's where God, that's where God draws, and that's where God brings, and, and if you could hear, if you could hear the Lord saying, come. Be of a willing heart. Be of a willing heart. Being of a, being of a willing heart is going to set you apart. It, you know, it's, it, it's sort of like this. We've spent a lot of time making the ingredients to bake a cake, okay? And we got all those ingredients, so we got the cake. Now we're getting to a place where we're going to start icing the cake. Well, this isn't just all there is to it, by any means. But we're going to begin to do what? We're going to begin to bring the icing to it. And in order, again, to realize that God's got something very special. You know why? He's got you. He has to, he has to be able to communicate with you and I. And that's, that's a place where we, we, you know, that's a place where we just absolutely went bonkers here in this, in North America. God said this and God said that and we've been all through that. But you see, if you could hear, if you could hear What's going on right here? If you could observe. Now, 
does it sort of kind of make you a liar when you say to the one coming up the step in your heart that, oh, I wish they'd go home, and then, oh, oh, I'm so glad you came? Well, I don't know what else you could call that. Because it is lying. It's a deception. And bless God, does God honor those things? Look at me. No. And yet some of us do this every day. We go through this, go through this uh, ritual all the time. There's people we don't You like to bless them with a brick. Okay? You see, but you're, but, but, but see, you're, you're speaking. You're speaking. And you're speaking, bless God, the out of both sides of your mouth, as they say. Okay, let's do, uh, uh, <clears throat> I do the, yes, let's go to Leviticus. I got, I got one scripture here I want to use. In Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19. Hallelujah. Leviticus 19. Praise be to God. Leviticus 19.17. Here we go. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Wow. You'll not hate your brother in your what? In your heart. How do you hate somebody in your heart? We just went through it. Man, I wish Mrs. Jones hadn't started the man I would like. Oh, who wanted to write in a chopper? That's hating from your heart. You, can't, you, you see, when God, as we get into this further this weekend, you understand much, much more of this. But when God listens to your heart, and that's what he listens to. Oh, he listens to your mouth, too. But the depth of this thing is to understand that, bless God, that, that he wants your heart to be willing first. And if you can become willing, do you realize the rest of this stuff will work out for you? If you'll become willing, if you'll be willing, if you'll say, Hey, Lord, I want to be. I want to be of a willing heart. Teach me. Take me further. I, I want to know more. I want, to, I want this thing to be changed, okay? Numbers 15, 37. So he says, and that was so neat, don't hate your brother in your heart. Oh, that's, that's big time stuff, boys and girls. Just don't, just don't, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Numbers fifteen thirty-seven, and we're going to go down through forty-one. Numbers fifteen thirty-seven, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make their them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations. And that they put upon the fringe of the borders a blue thread, a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which ye used to go a whoring. That ye may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the, the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Back up in the end of that 39th verse, when he, when he begins to say here, he says, don't, he says that you seek not after your own heart. 
You seek, don't seek after your own heart. Well, well, well Prophet, what are you saying? We're not, we're not supposed to, you know, we're, we're not supposed to want anything, uh, desire anything. No, 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 no. That's not what that means at all. It means that, bless God, that the heart of man, man and woman, bless God, will not do the things of God. God knows that about us. He knows that it's very, very difficult, very difficult, bless God, to, to bring us where he wants us because what? It's called the flesh, okay? Because our flesh becomes too lazy. You know, one of the things, and in fact, I was just telling the ministers before the meeting, uh, that one of the things that, bless God, that we require is fasting, prayer, and study. And, and if you're not going to do that, then don't, don't, you're just wasting your time. Uh, don't, don't, don't even get started. Because you see, the church isn't used to the kind of fasting we do. Now I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask, but there's a number of you here that have now fasted 30 days and 30 nights, and in most of your cases, you hadn't fasted over a day in your life, and maybe not, and not even that. You've learned to get up in the middle of the night because we teach you through prayer. You get up, set the alarm clock, you get up and you pray. And you've learned to study because we keep saying, study to show yourselves approved, thus saith the mouth of God. So you studied and you studied, you fasted and you fasted and you prayed and you have prayed. Now, let me tell you where you're, where you're walking into. Now you're walking in to where you can find the perfect will of God in your life. But you see, that doesn't come. See, somehow the church taught us that all we need to do is get saved and bless God, then all the all those blessings, and they usually use the 91st Psalm, all those blessings are now yours. Okay? That's what we believed. But then we found out that wasn't quite the way it worked. It wasn't that we were the most blessed people upon the face of this earth. It, it, it didn't even... It didn't even cause us to be well and healthy, healthy and wealthy, I guess you should say. And then all of a sudden, somebody, somebody, bless God, decided, you know, we, we ought to look into this thing. We ought, we ought to find out, bless God. I think one of the things that ads that we use a lot of times when we travel, has the church told you everything or told us everything? Has the church, has the church told us all the truth? Well, you know, you can look at that probably a couple of different ways. I, I, I think that the I think that the church in a lot of cases told us everything they knew. Okay. I think in some cases some of these ministers out here know better, <clears throat> but it's like everything else. Jezebel will run them off if they uh, tell the truth. Come on. Hmm? So the so the story is that, that that God God is going to bring us. Okay? He's going to bring us. Because why? <clears throat> we decided that we were going to take this thing to a new level. We decided that, bless God, that we were going to believe the Word of God from the front to the back. We decided. And bless God, because you that are here that have decided along with Don and I, you can stand and tell stories. And if everybody stood and took a place up here, we'd spend the weekend doing nothing but listen to the story about how God has become the king of your lives and how that he supplied your needs. Yeah. Now, what does that do? Well, they call us an occult, you know. You know, we don't have Jesus anymore because we're keeping the commandments, 
all right, the holy, uh, <laughs> the holy covenant. But what would they know about that? Hmm? Where's the Baptist have to stand up for us once saved, always saved? Huh? <laughs> Some of you are getting awful quiet. Say amen. Deuteronomy 4. Now, here is no doubt one of, one of the, the very keys to what, what I'm doing this weekend. It starts out here in Deuteronomy 4.29, and it's so neat because it pretty well just lays it all out there. Deuteronomy 4.29. But if thou, I'm sorry, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou shalt seek him with all thy heart and all thy soul. If you will seek him with all your heart. How do you seek God with all your heart? Hmm? Study. Fasting. Prayer. Faith. Okay? Understanding that, bless God, that these, these are the principles. These are the very, as I said, God has rules. This happens to be one of God's rules. If you're, if you're going to walk into to real depth with God, you have to do what? You've got to keep his rules. And he has them. You break the rules, what happens? No blessings. See, and I, and I have often found, uh, bless God, through all these years of ministry, that, bless God, we want the blessings. I got my hand up first. But, bless God, most of the church doesn't even know what to do to get the blessings of God. They, they don't know. And the first time, as I said, you mentioned, you mentioned the law, they get the cross out and give you this, okay? <laughs> That's where we usually start anyway. Then it goes downhill from there. But you seek him. He, says, he, says, he said, uh, if you'll seek him, he said, uh, I'm going to tell you something. You, he'll, you know, you'll find him. So, so is God way off somewhere where we can't touch him? No. No. Actually... If you want to just get right down to it, and if you haven't, you should, the realization, he's in here. He's in here. Now, now, how does he make you do something? He doesn't. Well, well, then, when he speaks, how am I going to hear? Your heart will hear. Your heart will react. Your heart will do according to the word. One of the ways that you can always check this out is whether or not, bless God, that you're doing according to the Word. You know when he said, if you will observe and do all, if you'll observe and do all that is written, he said, then what? He said, then I'm going to bless your socks off, what it amounts to. To observe and to do all. And the problem is, folks, you've got to be taught all before you can do all. That, that's, where, that's, where the, that's where the problem lies with all of this thing. And, and when you really, 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 really get serious with God, all right? Then you're telling your flesh to take a hike. You're telling your mind, stop it. You're not going to listen anymore to that baloney. And you're going to go on with God. And see, as I have said what, for so many, many, many years, does this have anything to do with spirituality here? No, other than the fact that I'm we're moving you over into the supernatural realm. It doesn't have to do with you hearing God say, Thus saith the Lord. Not the first thing. Your heart, bless God, is going to dictate your path. 
that you go down. You're not going to have to be concerned nor worried in any way, shape, or form about, bless God, the latest prophecy that comes out of whatever. Why? Because you're following you're following God with your heart because you sought him with a whole heart. See, the, the, brothers and sisters, there's some absolute rights that we have. And one of those rights is if we do what is commanded of us to do, then God has no alternatives but to bless us. There are no excuses. Okay? There aren't any. Oh. Are you are are you saying, Prophet, that the bless God that you know we, we, we can have yes, you can have. But you have to learn to give from your heart. To get, all right? You can have. I mean my Lord and my God. That that's what this is all about. I would much rather be around somebody that God is blessing than somebody around somebody that's always telling the latest dream, vision, whatever. And their lives are still as big a mess as they were the day that they started. But you see, we can't see that, our own selves. We can't look into that spiritual mirror and say, man, you are a mess. Shame in it. But if you'll seek him with a whole heart, you'll see that ugly you in that mirror. You will see it and probably jump back and go, my Lord and my God, that's scary. What caused me to be this away? Listen to me closely. What caused you to be that way is because you deemed yourself better than the rest of us. Write that one down in your little books. You deemed yourself higher and less accountable than everybody else. Isn't that a deal? What are you saying? I'm talking about all these characters and boys and girls that are out here that are also spiritual. Hmm. What does that really mean? Well, number one thing it really means is they're not listening to anything. Well, they can't, number one, uh, or they haven't learned to listen to their hearts. They haven't, their hearts are speaking. If you can hear your heart speaking, what your heart be telling you, just shut up, sit down, and learn something. See? That's, that's, what, that's what your heart would be saying if you could hear it. Your, heart, your heart's not going to be telling you to go down here to such and such and begin to prophesy against all the people at the church on, you know, the first righteous church on 10th and Vine or whatever it is. No, no, no. Your heart's not going to tell you to do that. Who's going to tell you to do that? <laughs> you are. Or a familiar spirit's going to lead you into such things as that. And everybody, again, the, the, the entirety, the entirety of it, is a matter of bless God of what? You're heartless. You're heartless. You might as well be heartless. You don't you don't you, you don't listen. You don't let you don't let that precious thing that your heart speak the truth to you. If you did, you'd know a whole lot more. Let's go to Deuteronomy eight. Okay? Deuteronomy eight. One through three. Deuteronomy eight. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness. Now listen, 
to humble thee, to prove thee, to know, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep the commandments or no. Now, I want to stop here because we use this in, in the purpose of temptation so that, that you can begin again to learn and to understand why God lets us be tempted, why these temptations seem to be such burdens to us. It's also God can do these three things. He can humble you, prove you, and more importantly, to know what's in your heart. Okay? Because, you know, I, you know, there again, uh, your, your heart will, will tell on you every time. Your heart will. And, and bless God, I'm going to tell you, I went through a long, long period of time. I, I can't remember for sure, lest God recall it to me. When I started first in the ministry, and I got so concerned about all the stuff that seemed to be going on to me while I was ministering, all right? And God was dealing with me, and, and, and it seemed to me like that every church I went into, bless God, I'd end up going home and fasting three days or five or seven, some period of time for the pastor. And I'm going, wow, this stinks. Why, why in the world do I have to uh, pray for that pastor? Well, he's going to be praying for me. I'm, I was the guy, come, you know, so I'm belly aching as usual about things. And so the Lord said to me, the angel come and said, listen, every time that you walk in and greet a pastor and you hug his neck, he said, I'm, I'm going to show you their heart. Now, he said, their heart is either going to be white or their hearts are going to be black as coal. Okay? Oh, boy, that's going to be something. And, see, I didn't understand at that point in time how God was trying to begin to teach me about the heart. And so I went months upon months, and every time I got black heart after black heart after black heart after black heart after black heart, I said, my Lord and my God, I said, Lord, what, what, what's going on here? What's going on? He said, their hearts aren't right. Now, 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 brothers and sisters, when you see that many black hearts in relationship to the, to the white ones was uh, holiness, pureness, okay? When you see that many black hearts, there's a problem somewhere. There's, there, there, there's something going on that, that is, is deeply disturbing. I said to the Lord, I said, teach me. I, I, I don't understand. The angel came and took me in the spirit. He said, now watch. I saw this, this man, and in this man's heart, I got to see just, one, just a place in the heart. It just a, a, like a callous place. An angel said, observe. He said, now, he said, when you get to a place where the things that are coming out of your heart aren't lined up with the Lord's word, he says, there will be a place found. Then after a while, he said, something else happens. In accordance to the word, there's another place. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, then it becomes that the whole heart becomes calloused. And all of a sudden, this man's heart was covered with calluses. And he said, that is what, that is what the church is doing to themselves. 
because they're not being properly taught. Wrong teaching, wrong believing. Hmm? Say that a lot, don't I? But it's the truth. The church has never been taught about a heart and how to keep the heart pure and keep the heart clean and keep the heart usable. We callous. How's he a callous? Well, okay, check this one out. Well, when I was in fourth grade, my teacher really did me wrong. Callous. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The job I, you know, that boss, boy, he was a dandy. He did me wrong. Callous. And, folks, it goes on and it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. Until your heart can be clean, you're not going to get very much done with God. And the only way your heart can become clean is what? Clean it! Oh, we're going to have a good time tomorrow night. Well, I, I get, well, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you right, right now. My wife, my husband, my kid, they don't treat me right. It's callous. Hmm? You don't receive. Don't receive that. You know, I, I, I used to go around, and I've told this probably too many times, but, I mean, I, I, I would go around, and something like that would pop into my noggin, about, well, what about such and such? And I, out loud, I would say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Not going to callous my heart. Get out of here. Be gone. And I repent, Lord. It not only crossed my mind, but it crossed my heart. Okay? I'll give you a clue. Well, you know, sometimes, sometimes when you... When you don't know, you can't do anything about anything, and I know that. But the keys to all this point directly, absolutely directly, and then begins to do what? It begins to let us understand. It lets us begin to know. The third verse. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord, doth man live. He said he humbled. He humbled you. He'd humble you if you are starving, wouldn't it? Well, boy, I'd love to have God feed me with manna. Well, maybe one day that'll happen. Who knows? But the, but the whole fact of the matter is you have to understand that God's got to know what's in here. Okay? And often, the not, he does that through putting you into positions where, bless God, you have an opportunity to callous, or you have an opportunity to cleanse your heart. But the, that, the cleansing process, bless God, isn't the hard thing. The understanding and the knowing that it needs to be cleansed is the hard thing. Because if you don't know, you can't know. And most of the church doesn't have the foggiest idea in this world. Let's go to Deuteronomy 8. Am I in 8? Yes, I am. Still there. Tenth verse. Okay? Deuteronomy, the, the, the tenth verse of Deuteronomy 8. When thou hast eaten and are full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. 
Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Least when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up. And thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the, the great and, and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought forth the water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. Are you with me? Huh? So that in the latter end, you mean we went through all this starving and all this stuff, so it would do us good in the latter end? Sorry. Now, now get a hold of this. God permits this stuff in your life to bring you to the place where he can use you. The problem with most people wanting to minister, they're filthy vessels, and they can't be used. They've got, they got to be cleaned up. They've got to be cleaned up. They've got to be delivered of their heart. And because, because that doesn't happen, then, then they're in trouble. So you see, he says, I'm going to let this happen to you. So, so down the road down here, boys and girls, it's going to make you what you need to be with me. That's deep, and it's strong, and it's good. Because what is God saying? He wants, them, he wants to, us to come up in the Spirit, in the Word, that we might walk with Him, talk with Him, commune with Him. But in order to do that, He said, oh, boys and girls, I'm going to take you 40 years around some of them same old rocks. Like I said, they even had the rocks named. So in the latter end, you'll be all right. Some of you in this room have gone through some real wildernesses. Some of you are going through wildernesses now. But let me tell you something. God is permitting you to do that. He's testing what's in your heart. Because you're, you've heard me say, I don't know how many times, if you can't handle what's going on in your life right now, because what God is doing, now, in your life, is preparing you for the tomorrows, okay? As I said, those of you that are sitting in this room and some that aren't here or couldn't be here, you're going to be ministering and you're going to be over ministers for the thousands. So in order for God to use you, what's in your heart? What's in your heart that you don't need in your heart so you can be used? Are you willing to give up you? Well, I'm telling you, I'm, I mean, I'm just going through two kind of hell here. You don't have any idea. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I've been through my wilderness several times, as a matter of fact. But let me tell you what I do know about it. There's a way out of that wilderness. There is a way out of it. If you begin to realize that what God is trying to say to you is, look, to all of us, 
I've got something for your life down the road down there. I've got ministry to bring you into down the road down there. And in order for me to get you ready, then I have to put you through, permit you to be through these wildernesses. Because if you can't get through this wilderness you're in now, listen closely, I can't use you down there. He's preparing you. Somebody say man. He is making you what he needs you to be in the future. Are you willing to let him do that? Are you willing, bless God, to bring your heart to a place where it's a willing and useful tool for God's kingdom? That see, it's easy to say yes. It's easy, bless God, to do what? But you see, let those with, that are willing-hearted, let those that bless God that are that are that are of a willing heart, bless God, let them, let them come forth. Let them come forth and and bless God. See what God will do. You know, God's always saying, "Prove me. See if I'm not God. Just try it. Try it. Prove me." All over this nation, all over North America, Don and I travel, and I said, "Prove God. You start. You you start. You you covenant with God." Bless God, and, and, and you get into this thing. Keep the festivals, keep new moon, keep, you know, keep Shabbat. And, and, and bless God, learn to do the things that God commands you to do. You, you see it if, if your life doesn't turn out blessed. Give God a year, prove Him. And many in this room took that challenge. And again, you could stand up one after another after another and say, hey, I did it. It worked. How did I know that it worked? Well, what works for me and Donna? Now, that's all I, the only way I've got to know whether something works or not. It's going to work for me first. But now, but now, what's beautiful about this thing, because I am a mentor. And what, the, the beautiful thing about this thing now is that I am bringing up some of the pupils, you, who now are beginning to work the works of God. Hallelujah. That are now beginning to do it. Why? Because they have decided to give up, to give in, and let God. You don't pre-assume anything with God. It's all in the book. You don't decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. It's all in the book. You don't have to worry about having a board to vote on what's done. It's in the book. It's all in the book. Then all I have to do is study the book. Amen. That's all you have to do. Day and night. Hallelujah. Well, you know, if it didn't work, I wouldn't be here. Okay? Those of you that are in this thing wouldn't have come back. All right? But you know the wonderful thing about God, at the end of all this, at the end of all this is his kingdom. His kingdom. And that's where we're all headed toward, okay? We're all headed toward his kingdom. To hear him say but one thing, well done, thy good and faithful servant. He not going to point out all the spiritual people and say, oh, you're just more important than everybody. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. He is God. He has this in control. 
I'll tell you what, I've told him too many times. I don't know what you're going to do with this mess. But he knows. Okay? He knows. First Samuel 16. First Samuel 16. First Samuel 16, 7. Hallelujah. First Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, nor the height of his stature. Because I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Now, that's absolute scriptural proof of what God's looking at. Now, now, now let's get this on perspective so we can all understand. He's not looking on the outward part. He's not looking on how holy we act. Okay? He's not, he's not, not working on, uh, looking at, let's say at the mouth of God, that you're, some of you still speak today and you're out of line, okay? He's not looking, what, he's looking here. He's looking right smack dab here. That's what he's looking at. And, and if, if this is, if this is, if this is rotten, everything else is rotten. If this is a totally calloused, it's rotten. Some, some, some of your hearts are, Partially, some of your hearts in this room are totally calloused because you never was ever taught. You know, if you're not taught, you can't do anything about it, and I realize that. But by bringing this this weekend to get you that, oh, we're gonna we're gonna have a good time. I mean, uh, some some of you some of you folks are are gonna find uh, find a new way of life here this weekend, and I I am absolutely delighted in that fact for you. And for your life, okay. Now let's go. Let's go to. Uh, um, let's see. I think yeah. First Samuel twenty-four. First Samuel twenty-four. First Samuel twenty-four, one through five. And it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took three thousand chosen men out of Israel. And went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he, and, and he came to the sheep goat by the way where was a cave. And Saul went in to cover his feet, and David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. I mean, like David had a, had a, a plan. Now, you gotta understand something. Saul was out to kill David. David was a great threat to his kingdom his kingship, and he was out to do what? He was going to kill him. The best way to get rid of him is to kill him, okay? And so he's hunting him down. And he comes to this cave, and he decides he'll go in and rest, all right? And the third, fourth verse says, And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy unto thy hand, and that thou mayest do to him as it seemed good unto thee. Then David rose and cut off the skirt, of Saul's robe privately, okay. But now, now what what they told him was, look, you you, you what they really go in there and cut his throat. You can do whatever you want to do. You're David. You are David. Soon to be King David. All right. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois. Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. 
So again, you can also get more, all the tape series is out there on the